Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Social on Teachers Talk Radio. Today's show is all about personal development, um, which is a very interesting subject um, in terms of how schools deliver a personal development curriculum and how schools create a personal development curriculum, ensuring that our students are getting the very best um, provision available. And hosting today's show is the wonderful Anna Hudson. Good morning, everyone. Um, Welcome to the Sunday Social with me, Anna Hudson, aka Miss H Teachers. Thank you so much for joining me today and for supporting Teachers Talk Radio. Whether you're listening live or as a download, your support means a lot to us all. And we are so glad to have you with us today. Before we begin the show... I just want to, as always, do a little quick check-in, okay? How are you today? How's your week been? What was one positive from your week this week? And what is one thing that you're looking forward to this week? I hope that this last teaching week has been a really positive one for you. For many colleagues, we've got one week left before half term. But whether you've got one or two weeks left, I really hope that you find some positives over your working week. I hope that it's positive, that it's productive and that you are in a really good place. However busy or stressful your week looks, remember that you can't fill from an empty cup. The to-do list will always be there. The house of cards won't fall if you don't get every bit of schoolwork done. So please take some time for yourself. Please prioritise your mental health. And if you're struggling, reach out. The amazing thing about Teachers Talk Radio is there is CPD at your fingertips. So whether it's worrying about a problem or whether you just need the hive mind to help with something, please reach out to us. We are here to help and hopefully educate us all. So today's show. Well, we're focusing on personal development. And once again, this is a subject that is really, really close to my heart. It's one of the four judgment areas of that dreaded word, Ofsted. But more importantly than that, it's also something encompassing within a school. It's not just an idea. It's not just a golden thread that needs to be shown. It's about the power of alternative. It's about the power of enrichment. And it's the power to think beyond the academic. What are we offering our pupils? And how can we make sure that it's as robust, as engaging and as enriching as possible? So here's my question to you. How can schools promote PD? Is it really easy to evidence? And what does personal development actually encompass? And how can we successfully embed it? Today, I'm going to be joined by the amazing Kelly Olchin. She's an assistant principal, a personal development consultant, an SMSC and citizenship specialist. And together, we're going to try and unpick personal development and why, especially in today's academic climate, it's so important. But firstly, 
Today's show wouldn't be possible without our sponsor. So I just want to give a big shout out to John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Or visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. So, what is PD? Well, in September 2019, Ofsted's new judgment framework came into effect. And the main aim of PD within that judgment framework was to focus on how the curriculum develops learners outside of the academic, technical or vocational. It asked us to consider how students are encouraged to develop skills and interests. It also asked us to consider character education, physical and mental health, relationships and sex education, and how students are, prepare, are prepared for modern day Britain, including citizenship. So what does that actually mean? What does it entail? And what does it look like in practice? Well, as a PD lead myself, I try and take this huge judgment and this huge area and break it into manageable um, partitioned chunks. Now, your school may do things differently, and that's absolutely fine. But I think within these chunks, we'll pretty much cover everything. So for me, under the umbrella of personal development sits the following, PSHE and RSE, SMSC, so spiritual, moral, social and cultural, British values, cultural capital, character development. It also, sit, it's also sitting within it is enrichment, clubs and any trips that you go on. So what does a good PD look like, a good PD curriculum look like? And with no set script, how do we ensure high quality delivery? And how do we make sure that each of those aspects is not only embedded well, but is evidenced and is effective? Well, I can't think of a better time to introduce Kelly. As I said before, Kelly is a personal development SMSC and citizenship consultant. And hopefully together, we can navigate through some of these areas and what it's like for schools, particularly when this can be such a tricky area. So, good morning, Kelly. Hopefully you can hear me. Good morning. Yes, I can. Can you hear me yes. too? Perfect. Thank you, Kelly. Firstly, good morning. Thank you so, so much for joining us on Teachers Talk Radio today. Um, I'm absolutely chuffed to have you here I'm absolutely delighted um, firstly how are you this morning I'm not bad this morning thank you not too bad at all oh. we've got um, one, one more week left of school um, here so sort of trying to enjoy the last Sunday before the final week which is always a bit of a, a mad week in schools isn't it I believe so um, but yeah all good thank you good thank you and thank you so much as I said for joining us I've been an avid follower of yours for, for a long time really and and your oh. advice, particularly around personal development, has been absolutely invaluable, particularly for me. Um, I lead on personal development in my provision and just the tips, the advice, the kind of food for thought really has helped me as I've been setting up um, my own provisions 
um, personal development curriculum. Um, so I'm really keen to share that with our listeners. As you know, Teachers Talk Radio is all about supporting teachers, supporting educators, offering CPD. And I can't think of a better topic, really, because it is such a minefield. It is yeah. so vague. There's there's a lot of words and a lot of criteria with no real explanation. So um, I think today, hopefully, we can we can navigate through together and we can offer some really good support for our listeners. But before we kind of deep dive into anything, um, could you just tell us, our listeners, a little bit about your background? Absolutely. I'm delighted to. So as you said, my name's Kelly. Lovely to um, to meet you all um, on the radio. It's So I've been working at my current school, which is an inner city um, secondary school in Leeds now for about 16, gosh, 16-ish years. Um, citizenship is my specialism. So for me, um, when the sort of changes came out with personal development being, you know, really at the forefront, I was delighted. You know, I've always been, I've always worked in that area. So um, citizenship was my specialism when I trained to be a teacher. Um, I've always led on, you know, sort of PSHE careers, um, and things like that. Um, I had a local authority job for a couple of years before I was a teacher, um, where I worked on within sort of the, the child development team. And my sort of remit there was to work with schools, primary and secondary, kind of setting up their PSHE and citizenship provision. Citizenship was quite a new subject then. Um, and more recently, I now I work at my school three days a week as the assistant principal for personal development. And then I do two days a week um, doing lots of really, really lovely um, consultancy work and, and bits and bobs for lots of various different um, personal development related organisations. So, like I said, this has absolutely always been something that you know, in my opinion, is the absolute. It's the heart of, of every school. You know, I think if we're only educating children, you know, on the academic, we're not actually educating them at all. It is my opinion. I think personal development is absolutely vital. And although I think like what you said about the dreaded um, Ofsted, you know, it, it is something that obviously can cause massive, massive anxiety. But one benefit I can, I suppose, see is, is with the changes now with personal development being its own standalone area, it's finally kind of putting it on the map for schools, I think, and it really encouraging schools to think about actually what they are doing to develop their young people. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree. I think there's there's positives and negatives, isn't there? I mean, I think we need to, for me, we never do anything for Ofsted. You know, obviously our, our aim is always to provide high quality educational experiences for our, for our students, but we're always mindful that it's there. And like you said, now it's to me in in some ways we've we've always delivered personal development it's just never ha it's never been under that umbrella before so like you said citizenship pastoral enrichment you know pshe even when it wasn't statutory we've always delivered yeah. this thread through but we just didn't have a word for it before and obviously when that new framework came in they gave us a word they gave us some general criteria and went off you go and when i when i um when I put this out that I was going to do this show, I, I received quite a lot of feedback. And one of the kinds of main feedbacks from it was kind of, it can be quite vague. And, and, a, and a couple of people had said it has caused them quite a lot of anxiety because quite a lot of it, and even within the framework it set, um, itself, it doesn't talk about evidence as such. It's kind of like, well, it, it will be evident within the school. And people were saying to me, well, how does that look? Yeah. How is it evident? <laughs> because we, you know, if we know our children, we can see the evidence of it, but you 
how is that that nuanced pick like if it's a nuanced kind of delivery or it's kind of you know it, it might not be apparent to a visitor but you know the children have done it or you know the children have, have, have made progress it's really it can be quite a tricky area and quite a lot of people said it's probably one of the main main ones that causes the most anxiety because the others have got quite concrete evidence to back it up I mean data for personal development is is whatever you make it as isn't it really and so it can be quite mm. quite a tricky one really and I, I suppose with that I, I guess we've got to try and deep dive in, in, into how we can support teachers and how do we create that kind of really robust curriculum how do we evidence it how do we ensure that it's not just a tick box exercise but it's something that's really enriching that's really um benefiting our pupils so i mean how obviously you've talked a little bit about your your background and citizenship and you know obviously developing it how how did you particularly get into personal development was that kind of once the framework had come into fruition or do you think you were kind of always working towards that kind of role Yeah, I I think I was always working towards that role. I I was a youth worker for for a short amount of time before I was a teacher. And I I always sort of say that if if citizenship hadn't become, you know, a a subject that you could study at at PGCE, I I never, I don't think I probably would have been a teacher. I think I would have done something working with young people. Um, But for me, it was, I've always been massively passionate about young people developing their character and kind of understanding their rights and having that kind of political literacy so so that was always it for me and then I, I got my job at my school and, and and sort of instantly sort of took a lead on on PSHE and and careers so so for me that was always the natural that that was always like the natural direction that, that I kind of wanted to go in you know I'm really I'm passionate about you know quality of education and teaching and learning but I personally see them absolutely as a joined up I, I don't I don't see personal development as as a completely separate entity I don't think it is I think personal development massively improves teaching and learning and I think there's lots of evidence that that you know backs that up um, but yeah, for, for me, that was always going to be the route that I was I was going to, to go down. And, and, you know, so I went from kind of being a, a PSHE citizenship to lead, you know, the, the careers lead. And then um, eventually, you know, sort of personal development became my area. Um, and that's what I oversee now um, with, with a sort of small team that, that I work alongside with. Um, but I couldn't imagine being in a in a school based role leading on on any other area because I just I'm so passionate about I've seen firsthand the impact that a quality personal development curriculum can have on young people and especially I think young people that might feel a bit disfranchised might feel a bit I don't know like they, they come from maybe you know parts of society that are you know traditionally quite disadvantaged and, and things like that and I just think it's such a powerful um you know tool for our young people um so I was yeah delighted that it's the area that I oversee I couldn't imagine overseeing um, a different area within school but like I said and hopefully we'll, we'll get to sort of pick apart this a little bit on, on the on the show today but but genuinely you know I share an office with the quality of education team in my school um I'm always working with the safeguarding team I'm working with the behavior team it's absolutely not and I don't think it should be that personal development is something that sits on the fringes as its own entity it absolutely supports everything that school's trying to do no I, I mean I completely agree and I know you know it's remiss of me if I don't put within the umbrella of personal development careers as well I mean there's some aspects of 
of PD that we could literally spend the whole the whole show on picking isn't there particularly careers particularly the PSHE curriculum and obviously which is going through its consultation at the moment they're big areas but they kind of almost need their own show because they are so big but absolutely you know both of those are included um, and it would be remiss of me not to because I think you know particularly careers now and citizenship have such big parts to play within the PD curriculum but also within schools but we are going to try and pick things um, <laughs> slowly and we might not, you know, we unfortunately we won't be able to spend as much. I mean, you know, it could, as I say, some areas are shows within themselves. You know, we look at PSHE, we look at the consultation it's going through now, but we will try and unpick as much as we can, listeners, you know, and if we need a follow up show, we we absolutely will. Um, so to you, what does a good personal development curriculum look like? I think that the, the key one for me is that it has to be personalised and, and I kind of harp on <laughs> um, on Twitter about this quite a lot, really. But I think personal development is about developing your students. And I think that's really, really, really important to remember that the students at your school are not going to be the same as students at my school or students down the road. And I think although, of course, yes, there's key commonalities that all young people need in terms of you know that the statutory content and and those sort of areas actually what you're offering has to be personalized to what your students in your particular setting need and I think it's absolutely vital when you're building your personal development um offer you're not doing that by yourself you're using all of the data that is available to you so you know you're talking to your safeguarding teams you know you're looking at the emerging trends that are coming through there in safeguarding you're talking to your attendance leads you're talking about well, what are the issues there you know you're looking at your local public health data you know what's going on in your area in terms of like health concerns what's your local crime data telling telling you you know it, it's all of that to me is that actually your your curriculum and what you do and what you build up should be based on the data from what your what your students are telling you like if I think about my school at the moment um we're doing a lot of work at the moment about um lifelong learning and we're, we're doing a lot of work about sort of level four plus qualifications and what university can look like and how it doesn't have to mean that 18 you do it full time and you move away there's lots of different ways to learn but we do that because we've sort of tracked our data of our young leave of people that leave school looking at kind of data with their families in terms of what they're accessing but also what our students are telling us um, and the data that we've got from our students where you know I found out that we've got 80% that are considering going to university but only 18% think it's a viable option for them you know that, that that sort of data that you can get means that you can then plan your personal development program so it's actually doing what your young people need it to do um and I know that's difficult <laughs> because obviously that, 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 that does take a lot of work. And I think, of course, you've got to get the, the basics, you know, you've got to get your statutory content in and the rest of it. But once you've done that, it's actually about stepping back and thinking, well, actually, what what are my young people like? What are they going through? What are their particular needs? And then building your curriculum to meet that need. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, for for me, I think it, it is a lot of work, but it's also about utilising the teams around you. Like you said, obviously, I'm exactly the same. I, I think I, I truly believe that personal development sits at the heart of everything and you need to collect that data from all the other teams, your behaviour, your safeguarding, etc. Um, but I agree. I think I think it's about 
using if you've got staff i'm thinking of primary and secondary here because we do have primary and secondary and fe that that listen along we have lots of you know variety of listeners but utilizing the staff that maybe are are able to help for example if you have mentors you know like you said your attendance team to help you gather that data because in some schools you know you your personal development team might be one person. You know, I'd like to say it was a it was a collective in all schools, and you know, I hope one day it is a bigger team. But it, for some schools, it's not. So I guess utilizing mentors, if you've got teaching assistants who you know who are passionate about that pastoral aspect as well, utilizing that team to perhaps help you grow that PD curriculum would be a really useful tip because you, you can't. You know, it is a lot to do if you're on your own, isn't it? A hundred percent. And I think it's also like speaking to your staff body about what their interests are, because, you know, you've got to remember that, you know, it's still a relatively new, you know, it's only been around, it's been around forever, but it's only officially been around obviously for a few years. So you're going to have loads of staff on your body that, that are really, really passionate about this. And it could have been the reason they went into education themselves in the first place. So we actually do it at my setting. Um, every sort of couple of years I send out a bit of a staff survey just basically asking and saying do you know what these are all the things that we do for personal development is, is anyone interested because we've got low you know I've got a Spanish teacher that's really you know from Peru and she's really um, interested in kind of culture and teaching about that so every time we have a drop down day she puts on this huge like cultural workshop which is phenomenal I've got an art teacher that used to be a youth worker so she's c-card trained and she really misses teaching you know sex education and these are staff members I never would have known that they had this kind of background interest and and skill set so that's something I would I would absolutely recommend is is sending a bit of a survey out to your staff, and that's all your staff, not just your teaching staff, um, to kind of find out what skill set you've got in in your school. Because I'd imagine it, it's more than what you you probably imagined it to be. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. Because as I said, I think sometimes when you're the PD lead, in whatever role that looks like, you think, well, it's on me. I've got to join the dots. I've got to make sure everything's done. When actually, you're right. There's there's a whole host of staff out there that where this might be a passion. They might have experience. They might have had prior experience. And actually, by by reaching out and, and creating a team within a team, the, you'd be surprised what else you can offer and what support you can get. And I think that's a that's such a, a, a valid point. Uh, we've had a, a lovely message here from Mr. Hughes, and I'm really glad that he's listening along because I know he does a lot with personal development. And it says, bespoke to your school, patterns, community, knowledge has to be holistic to benefit your students. Love this and totally agree with what Kelly is saying. Hashtag make it count. It, it's got to count, hasn't it? And you're right, it's got... As hard as it is, and as much as the workload is huge, it's got to be personal to the students because, well, the clue's in the name, isn't it? Personal development. But if it's not personal and it's not constantly reviewed and it's not constantly tailored to the needs of pupils, they're not going to make that progress in, you know, and they're not going to, it's not going to cater to their needs. And it's got to be so personalised to do that, hasn't it, really? You know, I think... It's such a valid point and I love that hashtag make it count. I think we should get that trend in today because I do think pastoral, I do think personal development, I do think it's got to it's got to count. Otherwise, why are we doing it? You know, I think that's um it's it, it's such a good point. Um so in terms of kind of 
personal development as a curriculum are there any I sort of talked before a little bit about some of the key areas I thought about um you know your SMSC your British values your careers your citizenship what are the areas that you think are the are kind of the, the, the most important what does it what makes it good that personal development curriculum what does it need to include I think it's such a difficult one, isn't it? Because, again, I think you're going to have potentially even school by school, you're going to maybe sometimes need to have more emphasis on some of those areas than perhaps you would in, in others. You know, cultural capital is going to look very different in my school than it might in your school or someone else's school. And I think I think it's looking at that. I think out of everything, though, um, I'm quite a firm believer in the, the, the work that you do around character and... I suppose de- developing that that respect, I, I think, it, it is so crucial. And I was, I was sort of running around about this, thinking, oh, you know, what what is the most? Because it's all important, isn't it? But I do sort of think that actually, if we're not really, really encouraging and demonstrating and pulling up our students on their character and really helping them to develop their character in terms of being ultimately respectful. And, and kind young people I know that might sound a little bit cheesy but I'm a firm believer in that that actually if you're respectful and you're kind and you can get on with people you are going to be a lot more successful than than if than if you're not and actually if you think about all of the different strands of personal development actually just being a, a decent respectful person is going to help you in all those areas isn't it you know if you think about relationships well actually you know if you're going to have a you know a child with someone if you're going to potentially get married to someone or be in a long-term relationship with someone you want that person to be respectful if you're a boss and you're going to be employing someone to come and work for you um you want them to be respectful and I think that is almost the the crucial thing that personal development needs to really take a hold of and be really clear in your school that this is our ethos this is what we believe our young people need to be to be successful um, and to do everything you can to give them those opportunities to demonstrate and practice those values and think about why that character is so important and how it's going to help them in later life. You know, you could be the most academic student and leave school with all grade nines, but ultimately, if you're if you're not very kind, if you're if you're disrespectful, if you can't get on with other people, those grades are only going to take you so far, in in my opinion. No, I mean I, I completely agree, and I think um, I think the idea of respect I think ties into a lot of kind of a lot of the the work that's been done, and a lot of the kind of shows that have been happening in on Teachers Talk Radio for the well, I mean forever, but particularly more prevalent I'd say in the last twelve months is around pupil behaviour. Is there a lack of respect in schools? Is there is is the behaviour that we're seeing because there's a lack of respect? So I think it is a a really important focal point really because we we have to somehow try and embed that and challenge that and 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 bring back that culture of respect and i i know that 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 tom's listening i know that um he he sort of really does bang on about you know the respect pupils need to have for 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 schools and and for teachers in general and how that you know we work collaboratively and we work with our our students but that we you know we need our students need to have respect for staff and and that's part of staff well-being and it's really important when we think about behavior and attitudes however I am gonna when I when I talked, when I first took on the the role of of, of PD lead, and I talked to friends and, and and people outside of education about kind of what I thought it encompassed. When I talked about character education, and this is I suppose slightly controversial, quite a lot of my friends who didn't work in education said 
why why are schools teaching that <laughs> surely that's surely that's that's home and and so i guess controversially and, and just to kind of pick your brains is is that aspect and not just that aspect but many of the aspects of personal development are we plugging the gaps that should be taught at home i mean should respect come from home and should we just simply be continuing that journey or or is it like we've seen in a lot of schools we're the ones having to as educators having to sort of start at basics and and, and teach that that understanding and that concept of respect do you do you think that pd is just plugging gaps that should be it's it's, it's hard is it? i mean obviously yeah. you know in an ideal i mean let's let's you know speaking honestly in an ideal world of course you know all all every single child in this country would be brought up to be you know taught about respect and mutual respect and, and, and you know I, I'm a mum myself I've got two young daughters primary age you know they've been brought up from you know a very very young age to, to to learn about respect to learn about you know they've you know I've always taught them about equality and, and discrimination and you know you might have seen on, on um, if you follow me on Twitter my my daughter even wrote a sort of letter of complaint to the school photographer because she felt <laughs> poses were sexist you know <laughs> so, so I, I, I that, that's how I've brought my children up but I also think we can't be that that is not all parents and that's you know some parents are going to have very very different views about actually what respect is you know we, you know we've worked in schools not all parents are going to have the same views on that um some parents do lack the, the ability to do that or the skills to do that or, or simply don't don't have the same views you know some parents won't believe that actually children should show respect to their teachers or, or show respect to themselves so I think it's in an ideal world, we would only have to do a very, very light touch job on that. But yeah. that is not the world. That is not the world that we are living in. It, it's not. And ultimately, I think it's reframing how we see schools. And schools are a place of education as teachers. You know, we're public servants to ultimately make sure that the young people that come through our doors and leave at the end of year 11 or, or you know, leave at the end of year six, if you're primary, are ready to be successful happy and respectful young people and that is education education isn't just maths english getting the gcses it's educating them to be successful in life so therefore yes in an ideal world the vast majority of that is done at home but when it clearly isn't getting done at home we're educators and educating in my opinion is educating for the whole person it's not just educating to get the best grades at sats or at gcse so we have to do it yeah yeah I mean that that that's it in a nutshell isn't it you know I think part of the reason why the framework did change is because I think it was recognized that there are these massive gaps and that we can we can close our eyes to it and pretend it's not happening and keep that school of thought that you know education is about you know the academic but actually what we what we've realized and that you know we've we've moved on from Covid and of course this judgment came in before that but that you know we've seen post covid that there are there are there are more gaps than ever before and actually unfortunately you know we have to respond to that as education because uh there's there's not always an opportunity for that to happen externally whether that be at home or from other services and like yeah. you said as educators we're there to educate the whole child the whole person and so we are more than ever taking on more responsibility and and offering more pastoral and, and personal development and unfortunately that that you know and and I say unfortunately because it's not because I love it so I'm, I'm delighted but I know there's a bit of a, a divide with this and that, you know that particularly came didn't it when there was some 
talk a couple of months ago about whether we bring brushing teeth into the curriculum and it caused yeah. quite a big divide in the educational world and I don't want to I don't want to flare it back up but I think there's you know there's 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 educators who feel that it should be more academic and those of us that feel it should be more pastoral and that's why like you said before gathering a team of you know edu- educators in their own school that are more passionate about that area that then allows those to take the lead on it rather than everyone and, and ensure that you know we are hitting all the different areas and we are offering all those different opportunities, you know, and I think, I think, you know, personal development is more important than ever before. And I, I think it's going to remain that way, really. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're, you know, life isn't the same for teenagers today. It's different. It's not the same. Even if you just put into the mix, you know, social media I just think I am so thankful that I grew up in an era where that 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 didn't exist do you know what I mean and I just think even just that you know if you think about you know cost living at the moment you know all the stuff around you know difficulty in getting on the property market and and competition for jobs and there's you know the emerging you know AI and what how that's potentially going to affect the the landscape of of jobs like there's a lot you know for our young people and I think it's about I suppose seeing personal development as something that actually supports teaching and learning in the wider curriculum and it's not about taking away it's not about saying oh you know I want to take loads of time off off a young person's you know learning in, in their in their academic lessons it's not about that at all it's about the things that you're doing around that person that can actually genuinely I believe support their learning you know I think you know, if we think back to the emergence, you know, a few years ago, of all the research around, you know, cognitive um, science and, and and memory and, and and how students learn, and it's it's a no-brainer to, to me then that actually, if we've got really really stressed, anxious, worried young people in our schools, how are you honestly expecting them to be able to sit in your in your lesson and and learn you know I'm a personal development lead but I'm still a teacher I've still got a GCSE you know class I need to get through through their GCSEs but if you're a young person sat there and you're you've got so much going on in in, in your brain as it is already how are you possibly going to be fit to learn so I think actually having that robust personal development in your school it's not to take away from from the learning it's actually putting things in place that's going to support that young person to be better equipped and able to learn I would argue yeah no absolutely so what what top tips would you offer then for schools or PD leaders who are developing or 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 redeveloping their PD offer how what what how do they how do we make it better I I always think with with schools and when I've, I've done little bits and bobs in, in my sort of freelance role with, with supporting schools and I think first of all it's about thinking almost like going back to basics and just thinking about right sometimes you always want to you know run before you can walk and you can go on you know you go on Twitter and see all these massive like you know innovative things that people are doing and I think it's about just taking a breath first of all and going right back to basics and thinking about what time have I got how much time have I got for personal development because that's going to be different in, in different schools and thinking about what's realistic to achieve first of all in the time that you've got have you got an hour a week have you got just your form time have you just got assemblies what what have you got and then I think it's about just first of all I almost think about it like a like a body I suppose like your skeleton it's thinking right actually first of all just making sure that you're hitting statutory you know ultimately we've got statutory content that we need to make sure that we've got 
and about just making sure that you've got those building blocks in place, first of all, so that you know that you're hitting statutory and, and just get that in your head before you're trying to jump to the next stage. Um, I think then it's about, like I said, doing a bit of um, some student voice um, and, and doing as much sort of student voice and staff voice as you can to kind of find out what young people's thoughts and opinions are about themselves, their like identity, their self-esteem, but also what they like and, and, and what they don't like, what they'd like to learn more about, about their sort of future aspirations. Then you can start to use that then to build up, um, you know, your own personal um, plan. I will also, I have to say this, I will bang the citizenship drum um, all the time when I get the chance to speak to it because I feel as though, if I'm honest, I feel like PD has almost made it more confusing by bringing out so many different pieces of like guidance and, and, and content and, and this, that and the other. And actually, you know, if you think about, for example, you know, your, your fundamental British values and you think about all the new guidance on you know, political impartiality and, and all the rest of it. Actually, if you've just got a sound citizenship curriculum within your school, um, the National Curriculum for Citizenship has been a long, you know, a, a long time now compared to some of the things that have come after it. And actually, a lot of that aspect of personal development, which I know schools panic about a little bit, about, oh, my goodness, what, you know, my young people don't, they can't quote the British values, they can't, Actually, you don't need to worry about that. If you've just got a decent citizenship curriculum in your school, if you're teaching young people um, about how the country's run, about our justice system, about human rights, you're doing all of that. And I think sometimes schools can almost overcomplicate it by trying to trying to fit everything in. Actually, if you've got a decent PSHE curriculum, if you've got a decent citizenship curriculum, and if you're thinking about things that you can offer your students in terms of enrichment, you're a lot of the way there you know I'm not saying it's going to be perfect but you are a lot of the way there oh yeah I massively agree I think it's there's there's so many buzzwords isn't there and I think you're right I think you've got to start you've got to start with that skeleton you've got to flesh it out and I agree I think you know my school the school I work at doesn't offer unfortunately doesn't offer citizenship at the moment as a as a qualification but it doesn't mean and I'm thinking about primary colleagues as well as secondary but it doesn't mean that you can't embed citizenship in and the values of it and actually you're right if we if we start there and we build out it, it, it you've got that solid you've 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 got that 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 solid ground to stand on haven't you because I think there is a lot of panic like you said about can people's um quote you know the British values is that you know cultural capital what does that mean what does it look like um for listeners who are still a little bit unsure about cultural capital in particular, um, I kind of like did a little bit of research and kind of got a bit more of a of a definition. So um, cultural capital is about ensuring that disadvantaged children are exposed to cultural experiences and background knowledge that those from better off homes take for granted. Ofsted's definition is as part of making the judgment about the quality of education, inspectors will consider the extent to which schools are equipping pupils with the knowledge and cultural capital they need to succeed in life it is the essential knowledge that pupils need to be educated citizens introducing them to the best that has been thought and said and helping to engender an appreciation of human creativity and achievement it's a long quote <laughs> <laughs> and it is an abstract notion 
but the key word there is citizen, <laughs> isn't it? It is. And when we think, when we panic and go, oh my God, cultural capital, what are we doing? It's like you said, it's that it's having that that it's having that that understanding of of being an educated citizen and what that means and and how you know you're a citizen within a cultural area within a cultural environment it's learning that citizens can be from different cultures can be you know um can can experience different cultural events within within their local and wider world so again it fits in beautifully doesn't it with the with what you're saying which is that get that citizenship right and all the rest of the pieces come absolutely. together absolutely and, and i'd say as well to, to anyone sort of listening to this at cultural capital and this this was interestingly a meeting that i'd had with 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 a, a sort of a, a school advisor and it made me sort of reframe it a little bit myself really as well because you know cultural capital it's also about harnessing the cultural capital that you've got within your school body as well like genuinely mm-hmm. you know i I teach a very, very, very diverse, um, very diverse school. You know, we've got sort of over sort of 70 nationalities. And actually, my students have got vast amounts of cultural capital, you know, that we've literally got such a, a culturally diverse student body. And it's actually about thinking about, well, actually, what opportunities have they got to share and celebrate their culture you know, with each other, you know, it, it, it's things like, you know, one, one of my student parliament groups, you know, worked with the school catering, um, like the, the, you know, that the head of the canteen to ultimately look at, well, actually, how can we make our, you know, our school dinners more culturally diverse to meet the, you know, what our students like to eat, you know, it, it's things like that. And it, it's, yeah. it's getting them, you know, having events where they can, and assemblies where they can, you know, teach other young people about their culture as well. And I think, Sometimes when we look at cultural capital, it's about, you know, making sure that our young people get to go to museums and they get to go to the theatre. And I'm not I'm not saying that that's not important, too, but it's also about thinking, well, actually, what culture, what culture have you got in school that you can celebrate amongst each other? And then are there any particular cultures that you've got within your school that aren't represented that your young people would benefit from learning about just so that they can navigate you know, being a citizen in, in modern Britain, I guess. I think that's really important because we've got to consider as well for not just for listeners, but for educators as a whole, that we've got quite a disparity in what will be available, say, for example, in 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 cities, uh, city schools and, and urban schools compared to what they'd be in rural. You know, I I work in Merseyside. You know, you, there's there's huge opportunities for me to take pupils out to um to 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 different to different areas and to 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 learn more about different cultures and to to learn about the culture of this the city um there's also an opportunity to celebrate diversity and and different cultures within within the school setting but like you said if if you're in a more rural school if you're in a school that maybe doesn't have um, a diverse population it's not necess- there might not be opportunities like you said to to go out to museums and theatres but there might but you can look at okay what what cultures aren't represented? What do we as a school think is important we want to learn about and, and use those opportunities, you know, to to still embed that 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 cultural capital, that citizenship, that that PD. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think in those cases cases well, it's to it's to reach out to, you know, your your local art charities or, you know, your local authorities. That there are you'd be surprised when you sort sort of start digging down how many like pots of money or workshops or different 
things that you're able to access where you know you can have people come into sort of into your school to visit your school and to sort of put on some workshops and, and things like that there's there's quite a lot out there but it, it takes the time to do a little bit of digging and I always sort of say that almost personal development leads they almost need their like little black book <laughs> it's yes. like what I like to call it and it is sometimes the most purposeful like best use of an hour sometimes for me will literally be like doing a massive like google search and then literally just phoning up loads and loads of you know local like galleries or museums and like theater productions because there's often things that they've got or they've got they've got you know organizations with you know corporate social responsibility where actually they're actually quite keen to come in and and speak to young people like making links with universities all of that because personal development is something that we're seeing in schools but what's quite nice is that it's, it's come at a time where there is a real um you know an, an ask and a, and a bit of a I don't say pressure but you know for, for ultimately like local businesses and organizations to also show how they are you know fulfilling their social responsibilities as well so there's some really lovely work there where it, it's definitely not a wasted hour um, to build up your contacts um, in your little black books. Once you've got them, you've got them then, and you can build those nice relationships with external agencies that can come in and support with with your cultural capital for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, a sort of a top tip for me as well, there's a couple of things really. One would be check social media. I, I cannot stress enough Teachers Talk Radio has been the ultimate CPD for me because you can ask a question and the community of listeners stretch so far and wide that within a couple of minutes you'll have people giving advice links that you know this is this is the glory of having such a wonderful yeah. network of listeners of presenters who can offer that support I think social media is a brilliant one I also think doing a bit of digging into schools in the local area what's their what does their personal development curriculum look like can you can you meet can you match up and can you you know because I, I I'm always mindful of budgets you know I, I work in an area that is um an area of real high deprivation and you know and and you know school budgets aren't what they used to be but are what are they offering and can you can you meet up together can there be can can you can you share stuff can you share resources can you share like productions if you're getting them in and can you have that more um th th those more opportunities to share you know to kind of sh share the wealth a little bit you know and, and 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 that in itself presents opportunities doesn't it for for personal development because schools are then working with each other pupils are mixing with different pupils learning more about the wider world and local community around them I think that's a, a really important one and then thirdly be cheeky so I you know I'm not you know everybody's you know businesses it's really important that you know local you know independent local businesses are struggling in the economic climate I understand that but I think there's there's organizations that you can reach out to you know particularly I'm thinking about you know local police local fire ask them to come in use like you said the data Kelly and say you know yeah. we've got this issue in school at the minute or this isn't thing we're experiencing what can you do to help us use those external agencies ask them what they can come in and do you know I think because that in itself presents really great opportunities for pupils but it takes time I know that but it's so, you can, if you don't ask you don't get <laughs> oh 100% absolutely absolutely and then you know once you've got those relationships built it, it's lovely because you've got to remember you know if you think about you know, local policing and, and fire, they've got their own, you know, they've still got their aims that they need to meet as well. And actually, you know, what, what we're trying to do with them, 
a lot of personal development in terms of, you know, the issues around sort of safeguarding. They are, and the things I suppose where, you know, going back to Ofsted, the things that Ofsted are going to look out for, you know, in terms of, you know, what are you doing as a school to look at, you know, discrimination and like child sexual exploitation, things like that. They are going to exactly match policing priorities. So actually it's that sort of collaborative work. I'd massively say as well, um, something that we've really kind of harnessed over the last few years at, at my school, and it's it's completely free, um, although we do like to, to get them a little bit of a, a present when they come. And it's a gorgeous thing to do as well, is really build up your alumni, like really, you know, ask for your young people when they leave you actually if they would be happy to stay in touch obviously if you're listening in your primary this is going to need obviously parental consent alongside because they're still going to be young but getting ex-students to actually come in and speak to current students on all manners of issues is just is probably one of the most powerful things. I'm a massive, massive advocate for um, for peer coaching. It's something that we do at, at my school a lot. Um, but we have lots of our ex-students that come back into school um, to speak to young people about all sorts of things. And they are probably some of the most powerful sessions um, that I've ever experienced, way more powerful than anything that I could probably deliver myself. Um, and it really, really works. So if that's something that you haven't, considered doing I would absolutely do that so what we do when it's our um, GCSE results day um, we have like a separate form that students can fill in if they're happy to be one of our like alumni and it basically means you know we keep in touch with you know, us uh, which students quite like to do anyway you know um, and then ultimately asking them if they'd like to come back you know and do a talk and visit and, and chat to young people and it's it's just lovely so if you're not doing that I would absolutely definitely recommend it. Oh, Kelly, that's such a great idea, and I think, like you said, it 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 it's it fits it fits so much. It's aspirational. It's you know, it's legacy. It's and it's it's right from the horse's mouth. I went here. Here's what I've gone on to achieve. You you can't ask for better, can you? Really, you know. I think that's no. such an and that's such a great top tip as well. Because I'll be honest with you, it's not something I'd we. It's a little bit different for me, and um, you know, I always will always recognise alternative provision colleagues. We have a we have, we do have some pupils that legacy pupils that come back, but maybe about um, creating a stronger program of that, I think would be would be really positive. Um, so that's definitely a, a a top tip that I'll absolutely be taking away from me with me today because that's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so obviously, you know, we're starting to delve in a little bit now to to kind of top tips and and things that 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 will really support that um that pd curriculum if we sort of take some of them not in isolation but kind of some of the areas in general what about kind of obviously we've talked a little bit about um uh, cultural capital and, and things like you know looking at the cultures in your school looking at the areas that you know you can you can improve on reaching out to local community and seeing about that what about in terms of kind of British values you've you've talked about citizenship and how that's really important and get that but if 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 you you know if you're a, a primary or a, or a secondary that doesn't teach specifically teach citizenship how can schools look to embed those British values m more clearly within their curriculum <laughs> absolutely so, so I think if we think about um I suppose if we, if we start with like the, the two like biggies you know in terms of democracy and and law ultimately rule of law 
I think, you know, work that I've done in secondaries and primaries, I do I do quite a bit of personal development work in primaries as well, is that actually the idea of democracy, if we think about ultimately democracy is, you know, power by the people, it's people being able to play a part in how their countries run. So if you take that to a school level, that's having, that, that's your student leadership, that's your school council, that's involving your young people in decision making in your school. But it's about making sure that that's not tokenistic, you know, that it cannot be tokenistic. It's about making sure that you have opportunities where students can, you know, apply for. And I would use, and I would even right down to primary level, I would absolutely use political literacy. I would be, I would not call it an application form. It's a manifesto. You know, young people write their manifesto about why they would want to be um, on your school council. Um, you know, you'd have elections. You talk about, you know, why that's important. Then ultimately, when you've got your students that are on your your council or your parliament, however you're going to do it, it's about making sure they understand that they are not the decision makers themselves, they are representing their student body and just having loads of lovely opportunities in your school for your young people to be able to share either directly with their SLT or directly with their school council their ideas, what they would like to change and why, and having that constant communication of you said we did you said we did having that on your display boards having that in your newsletters having that in your assembly and then that is that is democracy you know you are literally teaching young people that they are able to play a part in how their school is run and that's exactly how it happens on the outside you know it, it's not being scared of students when they've got a complaint I think it's having you know, an, an open door policy we have at my school, you know, fairly frequently, you know, students will come up and they've they've put together a petition about this, that and the other. Or they've asked for, you know, that they'll, they'll go to the principal's PA and actually ask for it for a meeting. But we applaud that. That's brilliant. You know, in our opinion, because that's that's our young people showing their their skills of democracy. So I think that that for me is the key one with democracy. It's having it in your school as a palpable part of your ethos so that students then understand how that works on the outside and, and, and they'll be, you know, they'll be open to that. Same for rule of law, that, that's your behaviour system, isn't it, really? You know, if you think about, mm -hmm. think about rule of law and about it being, it having clarity and, and equality and justice and transparency, that is about your behaviour system and that's about actually saying to your young people, this, these are our rules but these are why we have them and, and this is why they're important and this is what can happen and, and really making sure that students understand that. And then it's making that link then between, well, we have rules in school, just like we have rules and laws in society. So, so I really think with those two in particular, it's actually just the school systems that you've got. You're almost mimicking that. Um, you know yourself within within school that that's what we do um quite a lot when when we're talking about our rules in school and why we have them we often make reference to you know it's no different to how, why we have laws in society because we need it to be safe we need there to be order we need there to be equality you know that everyone has to follow these these rules um and things like that i, I think is, is is really really important and then i think you know your wider british values in terms of your you know your liberty in, in terms of your of your rights and your you know your, your justice in terms of like your tolerance and respect and everything else that that is literally just within your what you're you're selling within your school ethos we don't i don't personally teach british values as a separate entity mm -hmm. um because it's 
it's palpable in the wider ethos and curriculum of our school. I think that's really interesting. I think, um, and and you know, it's at least and those that, like you said, that, that don't and that, that just make sure that all the rest of the offer offer is 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 so reflective of British values. It's just embedded. It's just absolutely part of the the dialogue of almost of the normal average school day. Um, and I think there's, I, I see arguments for both, but I think if you, like you said, if you've got this really strong offer, and and you're linking it all the time to 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 what's going on in school and then then it isn't it can't be taught remotely because um it's it's and in isolation because it's it's every aspect of the school day and like you said you know thinking about you know rule of law having that behavior policy having it in having you know your 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 policy that's um that's you know absolutely the school one but then having a, a, a pupil friendly version so that so that students can access it at all times and i think making connections with the wider world you know bringing the police in to talk about the law you know laws and and how rules work within society then it becomes everyday language so pupils are confident about it because they're experiencing it every day aren't they absolutely and I'm a massive advocate for like the younger you start that the better like you know I see absolutely of course it's got to be you know it's age appropriate but I there's absolutely no reason whatsoever that primary school age you know children can't be learned about how our political systems work and how our legal systems work you just you just framing it in a slightly different way and I think for, for PD lead you know we're we're in an election year like this is this is massive for us and I think it, it, we should really you know we should really consider this that actually you know this this is something that might, well, <laughs> it's been more frequently recently, but normally this is something that would only happen once every five years. And actually, you know, building up to an election, I think is a really, really lovely opportunity to be having those conversations with, you know, your young people about actually, you know, how the country's run and how decisions are made and what do we think about our communities and how do we think they could get better. And, you know, use this as an opportunity to say, well, do you know what, actually, let's let's write to our local MP, let's let's write to our local councillors. We've got to remember that, you know, we're in a school where we're constituents, where, you know, MPs are going to be wanting our votes in a couple of months' time. So, so use that as an opportunity, you know, Fridays are the days where they are in their constituencies. The vast majority of MPs, um, you know, that I've had, had the pleasure to sort of, you know, meet and chat to are often absolutely delighted to come in and actually meet young people and, and have a chat to them. So I think we should be thinking about that as well in terms of that that particular aspect of British values um, about making the most of, of this year and all the opportunities that that will bring. I think that's so that's that, again such great advice do reach out you know and obviously you know we've got there's 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 the parliament website that offers virtual tours that you know where you can get um where you can get resources there are lots of websites out there that offer additional information that you know you can use but then getting that first-hand account of inviting your local mp etc into school and and again we know mindful of workload it is it can be a lot but but utilizing that team around you you know maybe your, maybe your student council could be the one that write and invite the um, the mp so that it's not all just on the pd lead that you but but that you you do take advantage of 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 every single opportunity you can because that's that's how we make that personalized personal development curriculum that's how we create these incredibly enriching opportunities and how we really 
embed it successfully. Kelly, I'm absolutely love, loving talking to you and I, I can't wait to continue the conversation, but I think it'd be really remiss of me if I didn't thank our incredible sponsors today, um, John Cat Educational, who publish professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. John Cat are absolutely brilliant. If you haven't had a chance, please go and log on. They've got amazing, an amazing range of books um, that will really support your CPD. And there's great, great works on there around personal development and lots of really interesting reading. So please do click on and go and have a little look. Um, Kelly... Honestly, I mean, I you know, this is, is such a, a topic, personal development is such a topic that's, you know, really, I'm really passionate about. I know you are. And I think it, it, it although it looks different in every school, it transcends mainstream alternative provision, primary, secondary. It is an area that, although it looked different in every school, is is so vitally important within every school. Do you think it is easier for you know primary schools to to develop a pd curriculum or is it easier for secondary or do you think it's just dependent on on the team and the pd lead you know what are your thoughts oh god i mean that that's that, that's a tricky one and i'm, I'm obviously really really conscious I'm, I'm secondary you know trained i'm not a primary specialist i'm very very lucky that i get to spend um, quite a bit of time with with, with primary um you know in in my other role um i think there's there's pros and cons i think I think some of the benefits, I suppose, that where you have a, a primary is your you've got your class for for that year. If you know what I mean, I think in terms of those being able to build up those relationships, um, you know, quickly within your you know within your classroom, um, I think is is really really something that's quite a nice thing to be able to offer um, at, at primary school. Um, however, um, also conscious that you know it's such a massively, massively, massively tight um, curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where potentially it's po- possibly a little bit easier, I would say at secondary school is there are probably it's easier to put on maybe more options outside of the curriculum just because of the age of the students in terms of being able to go like longer in the day um, and, and be able to, to do you know more things like that really that are, that are age appropriate. But I think. Primary is absolutely, you know, I'm speaking this as, as a parent as well, really, you know, thinking about my own children. I think primary is where personal development really, really, that I'd say there's even a greater need for, for personal development because, you know, we know that that is when you know the, the, the amazing work that, that primary colleagues do I mean I, I don't know how they do it <laughs> it terrifies me the thought of 30 sort of you know five six year olds um, in day but you know the, the role that they play you know particularly when we look at the early years and when we look at the early years curriculum and the, the amazing work that primary colleagues do in terms of really developing that that whole child you know, that transition into school yeah. and thinking about the, the values and the character that is actually I would argue what what a lot of like early years kind of lower key um primary practitioners do really naturally is a lot of PD anyway because it is a lot of that actually learning to be in new situations learning how to share learning how to suddenly follow rules that it might be completely different to what they've had at home 
um, you know, learning that those independent skills, all of those things, I think, are, are really, really, really important. So I think there's challenges there's challenges at both primary and secondary, but but the the, the key biggest challenge is, is a challenge I think shared by all teachers in just the fact that time, you know, we've got such a packed curriculum at both secondary and primary. There's so much, there are so many stresses on on teachers, I think, to then have to be able to suddenly think, oh, I've got to do all of PD on top of everything in the academic is 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 really, really hard. And I think that's when we need to kind of look up to our our leadership teams, I suppose, really to think about how they can structure leadership roles that come with time, you know, to, to be able to actually take a lead on personal development. So it's not just something that's not fair for a teacher that's already, you know, a primary teacher that's already got to teach the whole curriculum to their students to then also have to suddenly be the leader of PD. I do feel like that needs to come from above. Oh, I, I, I do agree. I think, you know, while it's everyone's responsibility to embed that PD curriculum, I think the, the creation of it and the timetabling and the opportunities, it's such a big role. And particularly in primary, you know, the, like you said, the curriculum's so tight. Everyone's got lead responsibilities for different areas of the curriculum. It can be it, it can be so overwhelming. And, and, and there is a lot to be learned. I mean, some of the best examples of PD when I was starting out that I, I saw were in were, were in were in the nursery and were in EYFS and and I took great inspiration from that and I, I've got to be honest I think if you do get the chance as a PD lead as well to go out and see other provisions and see what they're doing and collaborate together that can quite often ease the workload because as we said before if you work collaboratively if if it's an experience that one school's doing that you can tag along to and then you do the next one things like that can really help with workload and support and I think you know it, it is really hard it is really hard to fit in PD opportunities wherever but I think start particularly thinking of primary Obviously, you know, your, your assemblies, your, your wow or drop down days are a really positive uh, way to, to look at things and to, to embed that PD. Obviously, you know, PSHE, this is an area we could talk about for a whole session. You know, it's really tricky at the moment. You know, we're going through another consultation with regards to the statutory elements. It's it is a bit of a minefield. I know that that both primary and secondary colleagues are, are, are feeling that kind of stress around delivering it at the moment but you know through your PSHE lessons through scheduling making sure you you are scheduling that time there are there are ways to get it in but it just it, it you've got to be clever with it you've got to be you, you've, you've got to reach out and, and and leadership play a really strong part in that because things like timetabling things like planning resourcing you know like you said creating a little black book they take time and you know, teacher workload doesn't always allow for that. But like you said, if there's leadership opportunity there, then then hopefully there would be more time for, for those staff to be able to help. And, and like we both said, creating that team around you of people who are interested in PD and, and, and want to do it, I think is really helpful as well, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, definitely. So obviously we've talked a little bit about um, cultural capital. We've talked a little bit about character education. We've talked um, a little bit about PSHE. We've touched on it. And, and the reason I've kind of not deep dived into it is because, like I said, um, it, it's it's a whole show on its own at the moment around the, you know, the, the boundaries of PSHE, what we're teaching, how we're teaching it, the, the, the negativity that's come since the statutory framework, the 
the the press and media and that and that is a show that you know I'm I'm really keen to do in the future but we've we you know we know that there's the at the moment there's there's advice on what we should be teaching we know that most schools have programs sometime in some schools are doing it weekly some are doing it fortnightly some are doing it in very different ways but we know that all school most schools now are timetabling and that and giving PSHE the 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 time it deserves which is great but what about SMSC spiritual moral social and cultural how how do we how do we evidence it how do we how do we build that into our curriculum kelly again it's a funny one for me because i do sort of feel as though when you've got um smsc it's almost again another kind of like acronym and another add-on that actually it's kind of it's always it has always existed you know in terms of if you think about like i suppose your religious education and kind of what the national curriculum talks about there that has that has always kind of existed and then actually that the work that you're doing around you know if you look at what you're you know the, the topics within PSHE and the topics within citizenship so much of this you know is is already covered anyway so, so so when I'm thinking about personal development in my school I don't really um you know SMSC is is just something that happens because all of the other all of the other bits are in place and I think Again, it's going back to not not panicking, maybe, um, if you're a personal development lead and actually just thinking rather than re- sort of creating the wheel, actually thinking about, OK, well, what are we doing? What's our, our you know, our religious education provision at school at the moment and making sure, you know, is that is that diverse? Is, is that is that covering sort of, you know, all, all your bases? You know, do you have an ethos in your school where cultures are are sort of celebrated? So, so a lot of this is is probably work that you're doing um, already um, anyway. And I think it's when it's then thinking about, well, how do I how do I sort of how do I prove that I'm doing it or how do I how do I show that I'm doing it? And, and you know, as a member of SLT, it, it's interesting because I'll sit in meetings where, you know, the attendance lead is showing their attendance data and then the quality of education have got obviously outcome data you know it's really really tricky isn't it but actually I think with personal development with with lots of things we've talked about today there are still ways to to evidence that um through data you know there are ways to sort of say well actually you know we have just with year nines done a massive massive piece of work you know in terms of like looking at your smsc we've been looking at um, morals and we've been looking at um you know like bullying or or how you talk to someone about their appearance or whatever it is that you might have wanted to tackle and then you can actually look at your sort of almost your pre and your post behavior data you know are you seeing a reduction in incidences that relate to what it is that you've just you know been teaching or you know if you've been doing some work on a particular year group around attendance but actually looking at well let's look at some life skills here let's look at some you know the importance of it and, and how you can get yourself more organized and you know this that and how it links to your future you know can you then track your attendance data you know is this changing and I think there are ways to evidence that everything that we're doing in personal development it just it might not be obvious to you straight away but once you've had a bit of a think about it there's lots of data streams in schools that we can absolutely tap into and use to show how effective our personal development is yeah, no, I, I hugely agree. And I think it's an area that speaking out, you know, obviously, again, when I put this show out there that we've got a lot of feedback around is, well, how do we evidence and, 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 and you know, what it's kind of a, a, 
it's quite an anxious an anxious trigger really going well you know how do we prove it and we've said we've done this and you know one um one teacher got in touch with me and said, well, you know, I've, I've, I've printed out, I'm, I'm putting my file together and I've printed out me, you know, me assembly timetable for the year so that, you know, I can prove that we've done these assemblies. But, but you know, if they ask the children about an assembly back from, you know, October, they're not going to remember. So, so, you know, should I create a, a a book of, you know, of all the assemblies with all the PowerPoints in? And I was like, no. No, it's so, so hard. I mean, I would definitely recommend, and this is just literally, you know, just, just a, a, a Twitter group that I'm a part of. And, and if you're not, I'd really recommend there's um, the PD Network on on Twitter who, who are fab um, and East Learning that, that do, you know, a lot of work with them. They have got, there's others, you know, you can use that they've got a data program you can use in schools, which I've used, which, which is brilliant. There's also um, like this My Health, My Schools. So there are various, um, you can obviously create your own. I'm thinking of workload here. Of course you can create your own. Yeah. But I would I would really, really recommend, I have done it this year with every single year, which is the biggest I've ever done. I've always done data snapshots with like, you know, our year group, but this has been the first year and it was a nightmare. <laughs> trying to logistically get all students onto um, computers but every single student in our school now has completed a survey um through one of the the, the two um organizations that I've, I've talked about and what that's done then is that's provided me with loads and loads and loads of really interesting personal um data about young people it's told me about how they feel about their mental health about their aspirations about have you know their healthy habits even things like how often they clean their teeth you know we're talking really 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 in-depth data so what I'm then able to do is like really really crunch okay what are the, what's the data telling me are the key issues for my personal development for my young people what do I really need to be focusing on over this year what I'll then be able to do is obviously put those things in place change around my curriculum do what I need to do but then what I'll be able to then do is an additional survey. Do you see what I mean? And then that will literally be able to give me data to almost say, well, you know, in this year, this percentage of students were saying that. So our personal development program did this. And then as a result, you know, this this was the change. And I think for personal development leads, doing that doesn't have to be with every single year group, but do, getting some of that data, I think it gives that bit of confidence because... I've had times where I'm, I'm, I would class myself as an experienced personal development league because it's all I've ever, ever done. But I've had times when I've thought, oh, my goodness, it, is it? Is it good? <laughs> so, I, mean, I think I think it's good. But 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 is it good? Like, how, how do I know that's so actually having that data? It really gave me the confidence. And another thing that I've done over the, over the last couple of years, which I'd recommend it is hard work, but I would really recommend it is tapping into um external verification um so, so we we did the smsc um kite mark quality mark through um young citizens and we've done like the um quality and careers um standard and we've done the um the citizenship um quality mark as well and, and that's obviously quite quite a lot um but i i would maybe as a school look into some of those verifications because it's not it might seem a bit bit strange really to put yourself through an additional level of like scrutiny but I think for personal development it's quite niche it's a really niche area you might be the only person leading it in your school and it's really hard to kind of know well what's working well 
what am I missing? And actually going in, going into one, tapping into an external verification is hugely supportive because it's not, they're not Ofsted. You know, it, it, it's a group of people that are really skilled in the area of PD that will help you to quality assure and think about your provision and be able to then give you guidance on how you can move forward. So I think for, for me, my advice is like that data and then looking at that external verification as well, just because it gives you that extra layer of, of confidence, I think. Yeah, I think, I mean, for you know, there's, there's, there's ways, isn't there, to, to, to evidence things, like you said. I mean, there's external, there's reaching out to, to, other, thing, to, um, to other providers and stuff. I think for, for me as well, there's, there's, there's um, you know, there's quite easy ways of collecting data, you know, obviously, you know, do a google search you'll you'll see the different way the different the different systems that are out there but sometimes capturing that student voice as well through you know there's most pupils have a form time now and you can just they're very easy to use these really quick online surveys that then provide that data for you about getting that pupil voice if you have an external visitor in what do pupils know before it what did they did did they feel like they learned something afterwards and then if that's on a particular topic like you said for example if you've spotted a trend of Perhaps, um, for example, in a school, if you'd if you'd seen a trend in um, in 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 hate speech or in 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 um, in views that 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 don't align with what 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 the rest of us feel, is there a way, for example, like toxic masculinity, or for example, you know whatever, is there a way to do it? You know, can you do a a, a snapshot before and get some student feedback from before they've they've had that, and then have their views changed? Do you see that 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 reflected in you in your behavior data so joining those dots up but actually from a workload point of view these online surveys are really quick to use and provide that you know put it into beautiful lovely tables etc that mean that you know it's there in front of you concrete and it hasn't taken very long i also think things like photographs taking um videoing quite often what one of the things we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll video a couple we'll take a couple of pupils after after we've done something and just video a response did you enjoy it do you think you've learned something and yeah. it might be a snapshot of a whole year group but it might be a represent a representative particularly just fitting in with the citizenship and british values use your school, student council quite often one of the things that that i would do in my provision which um was recommended to me by someone else is it might be a a workshop it might be a play it might be it might be a talk that's for a younger age group but we'll often bring our older um student council in to watch and then them give some feedback on behalf of the student council of why they thought it was good for that age group as well as what they got from it as well you know just to kind of like add that extra level of kind of like responsibility and student voice from the 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 elected students i think that's that's been a really positive way that we've kind of moved forward as well to to kind of evidence it and then again like you said from an external point of view reach out to other schools i mean obviously for colleagues that live in rural areas or work in rural areas it's a little bit different um but if you if you live in or work in an area where there's multiple schools reach out to them what can you share good practice can you set up a little meeting can you can you can you internally verify each other you know if that's if it's you know is that an option I think being creative with who's around you and and what support you can get from other schools whether that's and then obviously 
within your mat if you if you work for a multi-academy trust obviously can your mats get together and and look at what's being delivered and 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 how how it's working and like you said yourself kelly while each school might be in their personal development will be individualized so you might not be able to give exact comparatives the the themes the 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 drive the vision will be there and if you share that you you'll often collaborate and create really good ideas or you'll they'll give you you know food for thought so to speak and I think that's a really good way of doing stuff as well would you agree absolutely absolutely 100% and I think as well we, we can really learn from in terms of evidencing now you know people are going to have massive massively different opinions about this but I think with 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 a lot of what you're trying to achieve in in PD in terms of like you know your, your PSHE and, I, and I'll I'll argue this to the guys come home really that it's 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 so different to other subjects because yes knowledge is important but it's actually the skills you know if I put it into context of like a you know a sex education lesson for example you could teach your young people um you know to be able to I don't know identify and explain 10 STIs and they could score 100% in that test brilliant you know box ticked amazing they know this but unless they've built up the self-esteem and confidence to ask a partner to wear a condom you know while they're having sex or to be able to go to the to a gp or, or a walking clinic well actually so the knowledge doesn't matter does that kind of make sense it's it's so different because actually what what you're what yes they need to know certain amounts of knowledge but it's also about how that how that is in the real world and i think where we can really learn from, I think where where primary colleagues do this really, really well, and this is something that we've developed in my um, academy, is actually using almost like floor books or, or similar for, for, for your sort of your PSHE and a lot of the lessons that you have around that work, because actually it's a lesson where we don't need students to write and write and write and write and write and answer loads and loads and loads of questions, because actually it, it's not about that. You know, it needs to be them discussing it needs to be them looking at you know distancing techniques and scenarios and case studies and what could this person do here and what could that person do there and I think actually that's a really lovely evidence set if that once a week you know you give a student the responsibility to summarize what they've done or to stick in some post-it notes from the lesson or if you've got you know access to a camera or a visualizer to take a photo and, and pop the photo in those floor books are lovely because it means students can be looking through them and discussing them, you know, with yourself if you're doing a bit of an evaluation of your own personal development curriculum or, you know, when Ofsted do come, that could be a really lovely resource for them to have in front of them or for students to have in front of them when they're doing their student voice um, with an inspector. And that will often, I think, encapture more of what you would achieve in as a class than an exercise book will ever do. You, you know for personal development because it's a, it's a completely different way of learning and therefore it's a completely different way of evidence in a subject oh I massively agree and I think it's also about creating that kind of like joined up approach as well so like PSHE is a really good one in fact you know obviously just thinking about using that topic there of STIs obviously you know if you if you're looking at the public health data and you're looking at you're seeing that you know there is a trend within the area or there's a there's an issue within the area and then you're showing that you know within your PSHE curriculum you're covering that um and then you and then you're following that up with an external visitor whether that be the a school nurse or whether that be um you know, a, a you know a, a nurse from the sexual health clinic, and then you're signposting pupils, and you have that information available for students should they need to should they need it to know where their local 
sexual health clinics are you've then created this really you've created this really joined up really robust approach now that's obviously while you might not be able to do that for every single topic every single thing that you want to cover within pd if you're always looking to connect those dots to utilize those services those external agencies to to back it back those 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 big topics up that you're seeing from the data from the pupil voice backing it up with with that kind of really 360 approach that's when you know it's when you know you're creating a good a really good quality pd curriculum don't you oh absolutely absolutely and i think that's that's where that's where you you know your evidence is isn't it ultimately you know you're you're showing that there was a reason for doing what you've done you know and you can't you can't really get you can't really get better than that and I think it's just involving your students as much as you can you know even think about your assembly program like when I when I plan my assembly program I do that with a whole the whole academy you know I ask all my staff body I ask all my students so that actually you know we we then create a calendar of assemblies that's that's really student-led that's really that's needs led it's, it's what we you know it's what we need it's what the national picture is showing us um and i think you know all of those things are what you should be doing in pd you know ideally anyway and it just makes evidence and things much easier because you've got a rationale for everything that you're doing it's really personalized oh absolutely and i, I mean the other thing i'd sort of say to, to anybody listening who's who's thinking about pd or who is a pd leader whether that be teacher with lead responsibility or whether it be you know member of your senior leadership is don't be afraid to tackle the difficult topics either i think um we sometimes are reluctant to tackle some of the issues that maybe paint a school in a negative light um and i think it's really hard because situations happen whether that be within the local community or whether that be within our school ourselves that we we don't know whether we should tackle or whether we, we we don't want to seem like we're promoting something or we don't want to seem that that's an issue within our school but it can be you know examples such as you know if there's if there's racism in the school if there's been issues with gun crime in the school if there's been uh, whether uh, sorry in the local community and then there's you know pupils in school are talking about it if you know that there's you know there's there's high levels of criminal exploitation sometimes it can feel like well if we if we cover this we're acknowledging it's an issue are we going to promote it are we saying that our school can't manage are we saying that this is an issue within our school that's going to paint us in a bad light absolutely not the reality is is that there are positives and negatives within every school and actually we've got a duty of care to tackle these issues and if we know that we're tackling them and we're doing it well and we're reaching out to those um we're reaching out to those services and those agencies and we we tackle it head on we're not only tackling the issue but we're also showing that as a school that we, we we acknowledge that there are problems but but as educators we are educating on it we can't hide away from those tricky topics and i know it's hard for for us sometimes and you know I've had many um friends who who teach PD who've who've had to really you know have come up against some resistance in covering some topics because leaders have felt like oh is this a bit sensitive or or, you know we, we don't want to seem to be promoting things but actually this is what our young people are going through and we have to tackle it head on because we have to support them and our communities Absolutely. And, and ultimately, they, they're going to be getting, <laughs> they are going to be finding out about these sorts of things anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a bit of a duty to at least give them the, the correct and the factual information. I think it's almost a little bit, I, I would agree completely what, what you said there. It's almost like you've got a, I think as a PD lead, almost like drop 
drop any ego. What I mean by that is almost like actually you've got to acknowledge you're working with teenagers and you know, or you're working with young children and working with children and young people, I think is 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 the most lovely, you know, rewarding job in the world. But it's tough. Like you, you know, young people are tough. And I think it's tougher now than it probably ever has been. And I think if you bury your head in the sand and and refuse to believe that, you know, you haven't got any instances at all in your school of, you know, drugs or or bullying or, you know, underage sexual activity or whatever it is. Well, you like, you know, that that's just sadly not true. You know, we'd love to live in a world where that was true, but it's not. And I think it's actually, it's really brave as a personal development lead to say, do you know what, I've actively sought out and found out what the issues are because I want to know what they are because if I know what they are I can help to do something about them rather than sort of burying your head in the sand and trying to kind of almost um gloss over or or hide any issues which is the you know absolute opposite of what we should be doing and I think we you know there's a, a a really important point to make there about involving parents and carers as well in that like you know if you've got whether you're using data from you know, like you said, public health from crime, from from the local community itself, whether you're using data from in school, from pupil voice of what they want to be covered. Having that dialogue with parents, explaining why we're covering things, opening up and saying this is why. And it's it's coming from a place of respect, but it's coming from a place of knowledge. That's data. It's coming from a, a place of education. I think that's really important to include them in that so that then it's it's something that can be that that when it's tackled in school it can then be it can continue at home absolutely that's that's really important to to include that that parental and carer voice and I think if you're looking to you know create that outstanding PD curriculum working with parents and carers and and keeping them informed along the way and, and maybe even conferencing with them to see what they think their children need is a really really great way of creating that personalized personal curricula personal development curriculum which is what we are all trying to do um kelly it's been such a pleasure i could carry this conversation <laughs> for running out of time i just want to say a huge thank you i, I i've you know, our main aim of this of this show is always to, to offer that food for thought and that takeaway CPD. And I can't think of anyone better today to have done that. You've been absolutely incredible. I'm fizzing with excitement of things I want to take back and do, do tomorrow in school. And I'm sure our listeners are as well. Thank you so, so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And listeners, please do follow Kelly. She has got some incredible advice and, and really top tips. So um, you, you won't go wrong if you give her a follow. Um, Kelly thank you again and thank you to everyone um, that's listened along today I really hope that you've got some takeaway tips I hope that it's made you think about your personal curriculum uh, personal development curriculum offer I hope that if you are a PD lead you've got to take away some things today and if you want to be involved in PD I hope that it gives you the confidence to go and have that chat with your leadership and your PD lead um, thank you for listening along today um, I'll be back to you Uh, back with you in a couple of weeks i hope you have a fantastic day um and thank you for listening to teachers talk radio thanks everyone bye now you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on teachers talk radio